Today's episode of Sexy Marriage Radio is brought to you by Man of His Word Mastermind Groups. I'm not sure how many times I've said, things are going to be different. But what I realized is, I'm putting off till tomorrow what I could be and should be doing today. It's time to get serious. And this time, you don't have to go at it alone. Join a mastermind and have fellow travelers help you spur on to a higher level of life as a husband. New groups are forming again soon. Learn more at simplemarriage.net forward slash M-O-H-W. So one of the things that's really interesting to me, Pam, is this idea that people send us emails from all over the world, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Yeah. Or they call us at 214-702-9565 and leave a message that um, has a question or a thought or even where we're going to be heading here in just a second of an idea mm-hmm. that, that's worth sharing. And we do this from our living room. Yeah, isn't it pretty great? <laughs> There's no, I mean, the studio is a table in the living room. Yeah, we got to tell the kids, don't come in for a <laughs> exactly. while. Exactly. Got to figure out ways to keep everything quiet so that way... It sounds good because one of the things we want to have happen for sure is that the message that we have with Sexy Marriage Radio is that the best sex is in the marriage bed. And we want that message uh, spread as far and as wide as possible. That's right. And so one of the ways that happens is you help us as a listener. Um, and you send us emails or you call us at 214-702-9565 or you jump on iTunes and you leave a review and you leave comments and it helps spread the word. Or you just tell your friends. You just say, hey, you know what? I was listening to Sexy Marriage Radio the other day. And you just go on with whatever it was you were just listening to and you, and you tell everybody. Yeah, we'd appreciate you spreading the word that way. That's that's the best uh, best thing we can do to spread the word. And the other thing you can do is you can uh, come join us at the getaway. With the oh, Sexy Marriage Radio that. getaway in June. Uh, registration is still going on. So uh, simplemarriage.net forward slash getaway is where you can find the information there. So... I alluded to, uh, you know, we have this community, if you will, of Sexy Marriage Radio that's been going on for six and a half years now. That's pretty awesome. And I was digging through the archives, as I am prone to do at times, and just kind of going back through things. And I've always found this undercurrent, if not real overt, you know, there's a group of people that are the sexiest listeners on the face of the planet. I'm, I'm convinced of that. And they really do want to help each other. Yeah, yeah, they do. I mean, the Academy speaks for that. A lot of them that feed off of one another and enjoy that community. But there's even people uh, like this. Dr. Allen, I am an avid listener to the show. Uh, I thought I'd like to share a game. I'm sure you have your uh, clients or people on Sexy Marriage Radio that would like to know some fun things to do in and out of the bedroom. I'd like to share a game that me and my wife had uh, had designed that we'd like to play. It's our own little spin of Netflix and chill. Uh, we like to to sit and watch TV, probably TV shows on Netflix. Uh, we don't we do it without the commercials. And one of the things that we like to do to to make the the watching time on the couch a little more interesting, we uh, usually wait till after the kids are usually out of the house, spending the night somewhere. Maybe I'm home for the day after they're home, when the kids are going to school. Uh, we like to watch certain TV shows on Netflix uh, we are familiar with. We uh, usually names of characters. Uh, we each pick a character, and every time their name is mentioned, we like to perform oral sex for each other. Uh, 
every time the character is mentioned, uh, we usually get about 10 seconds, 10 to 15 seconds, and we reciprocate one with the other. Uh, something that we like to do is kind of a start and stop, and it kind of heightens the sexual tension, and usually after a, a nice 30 to 45-minute episode, we're usually slipping back into the bedroom to kind of finish off. So thought might, thought I might share that a little bit. You might use with uh, one of your groups, or if somebody is asking for just just a, a little tip that they can actually use, it's a little game we like to play. Uh, again, avid listener, love the show. Like I said, I will be ma- sending an email to kind of get a little deeper into why I listen. Thank you very much, and have a good day. Not only will I share this idea, we'll play it. I mean, the that's idea, greatness. Use your own words to to share the idea. That's greatness. That just shows how simple an activity between the two of you can be. Yep. That brings about that sexual kind of adventure or novelty to it. It, it doesn't have to be anything super complicated. It's as simple as every yep. time they say the name, here's what happens. So. Since we are huge West Wing fans, I got dibs on the president. (laughs) (laughs) But that's a great idea because not only does it spice up the opportunities that you get when uh, it's conducive to play this kind of a game or a variation of it with some show you like or a movie or just something. It also then will forever change the meaning and connotation of future shows you watch. Oh yeah, of that episode of the, of that series. That just adds comedy when you're around a group of people yep. and they start talking about a show, and the two of you know what that show means to you. And it means completely different <laughs> than what everybody else is talking about. That's kind of the coolest thing that there is when it comes to married sex. To me, is because it's the secret language that you and your spouse get to create, and it's the opportunity to just share that kind of that secret and the nuances therein in the way you do life with each other, even in the midst of all the other people in your life. Oh, yeah. That's where the fun and the spice gets added to the relationship. I love that. It, it is. And that's where other people then are like, okay, what's going on? What? What? I don't understand. You know, and, and I think that's kind of a cool little... Uh, not None of your business. Not your business. This is ours. <laughs> so I had to say thank you for calling in to to share that. Uh, their own version of Netflix and Chill, which is really that's just a great that's just a great idea. Love it. So now to segue different topic, and this is where another another caller uh sent in a message, two one four seven oh two nine five six five. So if you've got something on your mind that you want to share or a question. Um, please give us a call because that really does help frame the conversations. But this is one that specific, since since Pam, my wife, is joining me again on the air th- this time, um, just because of some of the dynamics we've talked about in the past on shows where you've sat in the co-host chair before, babe. Okay. And this fits and then steers right into a great conversation, I think. All right. I'm looking forward to it. Hi, Dr. Allen. Uh, My husband and I just listened to episode number 326, Positive Emotional Tension, and we found it really helpful and um, interesting. But it did raise a question that I'd love to have you answer, and I'd also love Pam's feedback if you do another um, joint episode with her. So I understand the importance of being more, like, authentic. I don't know how you phrase it, but, like, more authentically you in all of that 
that that entails. But I'm wondering, how do you do that while also respecting and considering your partner's wishes? So, like, for example, if my husband initiates sex but I'm just not feeling it, being more authentically me might mean saying no to to him offering or, or wanting sex. But um, just saying no instead of, like, going through the motions and pretending like I'm into it and trying to get into it but not really getting into it. And um, I, just, I feel like I've done this kind of for our whole marriage because I've known that sex is important to him. It's important for our marriage. And so it's like every time he says he, he initiates it or shows an interest, I want to I want to be there for him. But sometimes that just means, you know, playing the role, being the sexy wife, Um because I want to be sexually fulfilling to him, but I I feel like going through that pattern can lead to our sex just being a very genuine part of our relationship. So I'm just trying to figure out how how you be authentically you, um, while also realizing like you can't always just say no, um, and that's not really respectful. Um, so anyway, I, I hope that I hope that makes sense. Um, I guess ultimately it's just like how do you how do you keep up the partner's needs and desires in mind while being authentically you and what does that balance look like? So um, thanks so much for all the shows that you do. It's been awesome to hear from Pam and I feel like she just takes things really full circle and she's very easy to relate to. So I hope to hear from her more and I'll be tuning in to next week's episode. Thanks. Bye. Okay, so it's interesting to me because the idea of being authentically you as she's framing it also includes, um, it's not just saying no, because she's asking the question. Yeah, being authentically you, when I think about that and this whole topic, I think about the fine line between self-care and selfishness. Okay. And what maybe we feel like we're being selfish if we say no, no, no. Okay. Or if we say no once, we may feel like we're being selfish. But there is this, there is this, I don't know that it's a fine line, but there is a line where it's, um, there's, there's self-care where I'm in a spot and I'm just not there. And maybe tonight's not the right night or to this afternoon's not the right, right. afternoon. Right. There is, there's, there's other things that need to be addressed, whatever it may be. And it's, it's perfectly fine to say, no, right now is not a good time. Um, get a rain check. Ah, okay. Get a rain check for later. Um, and of course that all goes into the phraseology some too, as to how you say no. But I think there's guilt from lots of times from the spouse that says, no. From the lower desire partner who from, will control most of the when it happens or not. Yeah, That's part of the dynamic yeah. of higher lower. Yeah. We know it's it's important to the higher desire spouse and there's this guilt of oh, I know it's important to them. I really should go ahead and say yes. Um but then all those other things come around to it. So so there is a balance that needs to come into play. Um sometimes you gotta look at yourself and and determine why is it that I'm saying no? Yeah, I think one of the things to help frame this is I don't get the sense she's talking about it's a no all the time. 
because she wants to be sexually fulfilling and she wants to be involved. And so, right. It sounds like she says yes most of the time. It may, it may be so, but that to me, that's part of the authentic journey is being willing to look at it within myself and go, I see what I, what I'm doing and I see who I want to become. And authenticity comes as I bridge that gap. Right, right. I guess I, I had I had made a note here while she was talking of uh, why is it why is it that we're hesitating, right? Why is it I'm hesitating to say yes? And that's prob- probably coming from within me and not necessarily from my spouse and their desire to have sex. There's something within me that's okay. making me say I really don't want to do it right now. Okay. Either I'm just too busy or I'm just I'm just wiped out whatever the case may be, I may have something else going on too. Right. But why is it that I'm saying no so I can figure out how to be authentic? Okay. How to address what it is that's making me say no or at least want to say no, even though I may say yes. Okay. I want to say no because maybe I just can't pinpoint it. So, so that's, I think that's a great way to frame this, Pam, is we're, is we're looking at this through the lens of you've got internal authenticity and then you've got relational authenticity of, of the, the pressures. Let me unpack that just a little okay. bit. So the internal is what you're talking about of it's, it's trying to wrestle with my own meanings, my own desire level, my own interests, my own script, if you will. Um, Because a lot of times if I'm coming up against the whole, I don't want to do this, but I'm getting pressured to do it. And it keeps coming up over and over. And I ask the questions, why? Why is it that I'm reluctant to do this? Why is it that this is a bad time? Why is it whatever? There's all kinds of, there's a myriad of reasons on that could be factoring into why. Right, it could be trauma. Sure. It could be bad experiences. It could be relational dynamic. It could be no friendship. It could be no connection. Lots of things that are going on, and so me understanding that within myself helps me make better choices for myself. Of okay, I'm willing to do this, and I don't hold my higher desire partner responsible and resenting of them because I choose to do it. Right. right. That's that's the journey of the internal authenticity journey is, is the way I think of it. Right. The relational authenticity journey is where I bring some of that to bear to the relationship, to where an, an initiation is presented to this to this wife that she's and she's the one that called in, and she's struggling with I really I want to be pleasing and I want to be a part of this with you, honey, but I'm just not there. So I can be a participant, but I'm not going to be doing this for me. I'm doing this for you. Is that is that acceptable for you? Right? Because sure. now all of a sudden it's cuz she she made the comment of which I think this is what a lot of couples will do is when I get caught up in this pressure of a relationship as it's determined by um one spouse versus another I can play a role. I can where I'm just going through the motions. And that's what she doesn't want to do because that's inauthentic to her. Which I would agree, I w- yeah. you know, that it sure. doesn't feel right to her, to her, to her in the way she wants to define this. So, it sounds like she could be in a place where maybe she's like, you know what, I'm willing to go through the role, but it's it's really it really is this is just for you. I'm not going to be in it for me. Also, you know, and that's a that's an interesting framework to me to think. 
because maybe that's acceptable for him. Maybe that's what he wants. Maybe it's just like, you know, it's been a bad day. This is just a way to release and, and connect, and it helps me feel better. And you know what? I, I kind of want this just to be about me. I'm okay with that. Well, and, you know, you've, we've done shows in the past. Um, you and Shannon in particular have done shows in the past about, you know, there's different types of sex, yes. right? And and sometimes that just comes into play where, you know what? I'm here for you, yep. and that's totally fine with me. I'm glad to be here for you. You don't want that to be 100% of the time. Right. So at at what point is this too high of a percentage of the times <laughs> that I'm just doing this for you because sure. I know this is what you want. I want to be here for you. I know this is important to you, so I want to be here for you. And at what point do then you start examining, why do I keep doing this when I'm, it's just me being here for you? What is my, what do I have going on that that's the only reason I'm doing it? Why are not, okay. I'm, why am I not getting right. into and enjoying where I am? Yeah. What is it that makes it to where my role is being defined solely by the higher desire? Right, because there's so much more to this sexual relationship that I could be getting out of this. Right. And how do I open my eyes to see it? it, it and that may be bad phraseology. No, I, I I agree because I think you're talking about. First off, I want to commend the, the the wife that called because she, by voicing this, is already being more authentic. Oh, she's being more authentic, <laughs> and she's bringing a voice to. So many women out there that are thinking the same thing. Yep, because it is that idea of how do I wrestle with this more in the open and more in real time and more not just go through the motions? Because I think that's what starts to make the passion and the eroticism, for sure, of married sex wane when both parties are just kind of functional, if yeah. you will, you know, it's just kind of a functional experience. It's not, it's nothing deeper. Than yeah. That. Just scientific and body parts. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So being able to wrestle with this and ask the questions is already a huge step in authenticity In authenticity. Yeah. So it then comes down to how does she at this, it, cause it's almost simultaneously examine. Okay. As the uh, initiations or the topic is approached, in her marriage, how does she wrestle with, okay, maybe a more authentic response is, I'm not there yet, but I could be. Sure. Or, that up. Yeah. you know what, that this is, this is striking me as kind of weird this time. And what I want to try to do is just be more open because I want this for both of us to enjoy it. I want this for both of us to be drawn into this because I know you enjoy it when I enjoy it and vice versa. Yeah. So how is it? I look at that and think, what are the instances that you want to have it? What are the instances and so look at your own history? Yeah, that you've had that I really I am into sex. I really want this experience and there's been this connection there. What has created that? Yeah. And and maybe you need to look at the the whole dialogue and dynamic of how sex is unfolded in your marriage to start looking at is the script working for us? Is yeah. our routine working for us? Do how do we add some variation? How do we add some some semblances of change to it that will peak some novelty and peak some creativity, which that typically then creates a new bond yeah, and a new spark. 
and new energy. And because again, this is not one dialogue. This is this is this is regular dialogues as as this goes forward. Probably not every time, but for sure in the short term, maybe that maybe the conversation happens over lunch, saying, you know what? I called into the show and now it's gonna it's on there. So this could be a great lunchtime conversation for us on all right, now now what's our game plan? Here's what I'm thinking. What do you think? And that's how we create this together and it's a collaboration then. Yeah, here's what I'm trying to get to, babe. So how can we work together on it? Yeah. And, and and as as the interactions proceed over the next weeks and months, then your dialogue is already there. It's already a little bit more comfortable topic to bring up because it's already been broached. Yeah. And then if you're having a struggle with God, I'm not I'm not there. I I kind of want to say no, but I want to be here for you. I want to I mean she had the comment, I want to be the sexy wife. Yeah. For him. <laughs> I'm yeah. playing a role and uh, it can it can be hard to step up to the plate all the time. Sure, but being a sexual wife doesn't mean every single time he's interested you oblige. No. That sometimes it it could be, you know what? This no, I, I'm just not there. Rain check. And then I'll do the rain check in the next day or so. You know, then and now you got a chance to maybe create a little different type of tension and a little different type of connection. And you keep the fire going and keep some of the foreplay banter going to help fuel whatever could be happening next. Yeah. Because I think, I mean, speaking as a higher desire partner. Just hearing that a lower desire is is wanting to work on this is creates a spark to me because then it's like, wow, all right, I'm not always trying to go get around some defense <laughs> that I see a collaboration going on. I see a team building. Yeah, that I, I can see that totally see that perspective because if you're the higher desire and you're hearing no, or maybe they say yes, but you can sense the body language that it's really a, I wish I could say no, but right. I'm saying yes. Right. It, um, understanding more of what's going on in the head yeah. of the spouse goes a long way. If yeah. you realize that they are desiring, God, I want more out of this, but I just don't understand how to get there. Somebody <laughs> help me get there. It, I mean, that that's yeah. what this is all about. That's what this podcast is all about. Yes, it's it is. trying to help people get there and figure out, okay, what's the next step? Because it doesn't happen overnight. It's just, what's the next step? And sometimes that, it, sometimes it's the first step Yes. in just addressing the elephant in the room between the two of you. And then it's taking the time to process it, you know, because think of it this way, Penn, this, this is, maybe this framework helps people, is you realize some of these conversations, if not a lot of these types of conversations, they're, they're pretty filled with tension and they can spiral and they can get defensive. And, you know, when, when you start talking about a gridlock kind of a thing where this is what we keep butting up against all the time and you won't budge and I won't budge. So who, who gives, right? Who, who okay. gives in first? So just thinking about it in terms of, wait, the fact that we, we started the conversation is a win. I brought up the topic. That's a win. Well done. But then whenever we take a break and I have to head back to work or we head to sleep or the day continues on, if I will spend the time not just trying to escape 
from it so I can just not think about it, but truly exact, ask the questions you were asking earlier of, what is this about me? What's this revealing about me? What's the challenge? Do I really want to be that person or not? Because that's good data to know. What is it that could be getting in the way that has made it to where most of the time this is a real struggle, but a couple of those times it was really good and I was really into it. What was different about those times? And that's the kind of, now I'm doing some self-examining and, yeah. I, and I'm growing and I'm challenging myself to then hopefully apply action to it because that shifts the entire game. It does. It does. And, you know, I backtrack to your comment that you just made about sometimes these conversations, lots of times they're tension filled. I got to say from personal experience, from those conversations, I just found great relief I mean, this was relief to me because I had all these things like she's talking about here in this call that um, when they once they were aired, it was this big burden off of, okay, you know, when you and I have had those conversations years ago and started getting everything out into the forefront, it was a burden off, which and I, and so I think maybe there's people that have a barrier to starting these conversations because okay. they think it's going to create tension. Sure. And, and in many relationships, maybe it does. But in many, you know what? I think it's just going to open the door more and actually be a burden off. It's like, okay. it's like when you're a kid and you tell a lie. And when it comes out, oh, you finally it, get relief. It stunk that that lie came out and mom and dad found out about it. But it was a relief because right. it. Because I, I wasn't burying this thing anymore. So I don't know. I think okay. putting the conversation out there is actually sure. a, well, a one, big relief. Another way to think about this, which I think is true as well, is that the situation and the topic is already tension-filled because of the differences between desires, <laughs> higher and lower. There's a tension there. I mean, that's what she's referring to, the positive emotional tension show yeah. that, that I did with Dr. Yeah, yeah, Glover. Yeah. That there's already tension there, so how do we use that tension better to challenge ourselves to grow, to be authentic, and then recognize, you know what? One no does not make me inauthentic. No, not at all. Especially if I follow it up shortly thereafter, and shortly thereafter could be a week or two. I'm not. There's no time frame. This fits according to each individual situation and person, but... It's, but I do the steps that are necessary to truly confront this and be more engaged in my own life and then in turn my own marriage and my sex life within my marriage. That's a whole different ballgame because that's what creates the, the sex worth wanting for both parties. True. Because then you get to where you hear the higher desires would be able to say, look, I don't want this just for me. I want this for us. And I'll wait because we see and we've tasted what's been and what could have been. And it's like, I'll wait for that. And I think there's that transformation that then that creates a desire for the lower desire that even the next morning after you wake up and think, wow, that was really great. I love that connection last night. Yeah. So let's shift gears. Same topic. This is an email that came in. So my husband and I have very different love languages, which greatly impacts our marriage. My husband's is physical touch and I am not. I have a low threshold to most touching and can only handle so much before I snap. My husband, of course, you know, I'm adding for my own emphasis, wants constant touching, holding hands, rubbing his back, head, not to mention wants to be intimate multiple times throughout the week while I'm fine once every couple of months. 
I'm unable to meet his needs and feel guilty, yet I can't bring myself to be more touchy-feely. How can we reach some middle ground without my skin crawling? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Because this is the same concept of what we've been talking about, is it's the differences in, in the way we both seek comfort and both seek connection that touch to the physical touch people, touch is vitally important. That's yeah. what, you know, skin is one of our, it's it's our largest organ on yeah. our body. Yep. But it's also one of those that for some people, it it just, that's the best way to communicate connection is through that touch. While the others, the opposite extreme is true. Right, of, right. No, 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 just leave me alone. I don't Yeah, <laughs> I don't and the two of them are touched. total opposite on this. Okay. So some of this comes back to what we've been talking about is how do you, one, well done for framing the question and asking, how do we do this? How, how do I grow to be maybe a little more touchy-feely? Maybe. But it also sounds like, how do I get him to not be so touchy-feely? <laughs> and that's also a maybe. Yeah, maybe. Because <laughs> you can't make anybody change that way. Because right? I don't think, and let me just, I'll just put it this way. In my opinion, you're not going to find a middle ground. It's just does I don't think those things exist. Okay. To so where, what do you tell a couple where that people comes are into your equally office? happy about it? I think we just figure, okay, wait, this is the dynamic of my relationship. This is important. So how do I understand this is what speaks to him, but I also have the courage to speak for me. To where I can look at him and say, you know what? I'm touched out tonight right now. Give me a, give me some time to recharge. And if he flips out over that, well, okay, now I got more data to really start to deal with this differently. Okay. If we've had a good conversation like we were proposing for the wife that called in earlier of, hey, this is where I'm wanting to go. This is I'm trying to be authentic within the context of the relationship. This is an issue, and I'm working on it. Now, hopefully, he sees that kind of a moment of, okay, hold on, maybe I can... Make sure my touch isn't just meaningless touch that does start to push and drive away, and it doesn't come across needy like that. It comes across wanting. And so I give good quality touch, knowing I need to look at quality, not quantity. That makes sense. And so it's on both sides are growing, and that's not where we meet in the middle. It's just both sides grow to confront this better and know, yeah, sometimes I'm going to stand up, and it does cross the line as selfish, but selfish isn't a bad thing unless it's wielded as a weapon and okay. it's to someone else's detriment. Because the only time I hear the word selfish, and I haven't mentioned this on the show in a while, when someone calls someone else selfish, if you think about it, what they're actually doing is they're wanting you to stop doing something they don't want you to do. So by calling you selfish, they're being selfish. <laughs> so okay. so it's looking, look at it. it's looking at this as... Okay, this is self-care. It's not that I want to no longer touch ever again. It's just I got to figure out how do we navigate this because I'm going to be willing to bet from this emailer some days she has a higher touch quotient available than others. Sure. So figure out, okay, what what are the factors that make that one some days higher than others? And at the same time, how do I be more honest with my husband who wants all, touch all the time, who's always grabbing at me, who's always clinging, who's always – how do I try to make sure – look – Okay, this is a time, remember when I said I was, we got to figure out this whole thing to create a better language and dynamic between us? This one's not coming across well. This is a bad time, and it's on me. Or this one didn't come across well because I'm reading you as just a leech. 
And that's not appealing. No, that wouldn't be appealing to anybody. And so I think if you can at least frame the conversation, that that helps you start a path to where you realize, okay, a goal is middle ground. I'll I'll, I'll grant that. I'll cede that point. Sure. But middle ground doesn't mean, okay, we both just go home equally unhappy. <laughs> it means, okay, this is the dynamic of our marriage. Right. Hopefully there's a middle ground that you can both say, I'm willing to I'm willing to live with this on because I love you and Right. You know what? This'll this'll be okay. We're both working at it and hopefully hopefully you're both working at it. Yeah. Hopefully there's um it's not a one sided I'm trying to do something here. <laughs> well, and, and you also see it as okay, hold on. We both are doing this. We're both starting this path. So how do I recognize okay? Is my desire for physical touch, where is that coming from? You know, do, if I'm clinging and needing it all the time, what does that say about me? Right. Maybe well, that's not who I want to be. And, and so we have one side of the story it's, there. Well, it's true, but, it's, but this is where one side helps put pressure on the other. It does, but I also think of if what, no matter which side of the table I'm on, if I get what I want all the time, I know it's going to hack my spouse off. And do I want to do that to someone I love? Well, so I, well, there's a there's a price to both sides of this, right? I mean, if she goes, how do I get him to no longer be clingy and touching to, to me without my skin crawling? Well, okay, so she then has the path of if she got what she wanted and was never touched, and sex was only a couple times a month or every every couple of months. Maybe he's not willing to stay around for that. And is she willing to risk that? Possibly. Right? So that's the whole dynamic of a committed relationship, is both sides are trying to get the other to conform to their way of life. That's just the pressure of marriage. So how do I see that as, okay, this is a pressure that's just inherent in the relationship. There's nothing wrong or not right or wrong about it. It's just what it is. So I need to look at this through the lens of how do I be better? How do I be authentic? in the way I confront this? How do I be up front and say, clingy, <laughs> leechy right now, hold on. And then, yeah. But if, if at the same time, later on that day or shortly thereafter, I come back and touch is good and welcomed and invited, okay, now all of a sudden I'm teaching a different way on both sides. Yeah. And I think that's the whole point of married life is helping us grow up, helping us confront life in a whole better way. Because that's when marriage gets really, really good to where I can seek what I want and I can say and, and, and go after it. But if my spouse comes back and says, you know what? No, I don't crumble yeah. from it. I'm like, okay, it hurts, but I soothe my wounds. And I'm realizing this is a long process. We could be better. And as long as I'm seeing progress on both sides, that's energy for life. And their perspective might be a good one, actually. Maybe so. <laughs> well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Um, whatever we've said that's left undone, let us know. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>